listeners. This is our first episode over at Hyperbole of our brand new Teen Wolf podcast, which we have cleverly titled Not Another Teen Wolf Podcast. So far, we do believe to be the only one, so this is deep irony, or at least just making fun of 90s movies. Um, <laughs> but we do hope to bring you a show that is very thorough and fanish and entertaining about what we consider to be one of the best teen shows currently on television. So we're here on hyperball.com and we have an email address, a Twitter and a Tumblr where you can follow the show. Um, and that's going to be NATW as in not another teen wolf podcast. So NATW podcast uh, is the Twitter handle. And then the Tumblr is just not another teen wolf podcast on Tumblr. You can also email us at NATW podcast at gmail.com or comment on any of the hyperbole pages in regards to Teen Wolf because it is a fandom that as of this season we are covering heavily. I'm Natalie and I am on several other hyperbole podcasts and our other host is Karen. Hello. Okay, so the plan for the show is this. We are going to constantly have two hosts, me and Natalie will be on every episode, but we really wanted to make this very different from the other podcasts on Hypable, because we do have a lot of them, and um, really try to make it unique. So what we're going to try to do is every once in a while, we're going to have a third guest host, and it'll either be somebody from Hypable who's into the show, or somebody that we find, you know, who's into the show elsewhere on the internet or it's going to be one of you guys the listeners we're going to come up with a way to get you guys on here too so you can talk about the show with us and it's going to be very interactive um very conversational it's not going to be super structured like some of the other podcasts on the site it's just going to be like having conversation between two people and the other exciting thing that we're going to do i find it exciting anyway is that um we're actually going to rehash the first two seasons of teen wolf so whether you're new to the show we're going to try not to spoil anything later on as we go through and talk about each episode or you've already watched the season both seasons a couple of times it'll be a good way to get a refresher before season three comes out yeah, and I would say that for this episode, we may, if, if you are new to Teen Wolf, this is definitely going to be a good podcast for you because we're going to go through two two episodes at a time. So each, each podcast will cover two episodes in order from the first episode of season one. And that will be great, and we will go episode by episode and not spoil ahead. So you, you can listen along with us. However, this episode is an overall rehash of our experience of Teen Wolf so far. So this episode may have spoilers to those who don't know the show. So if you do want to follow us and you haven't watched the show but you don't want to be spoiled, uh, maybe don't listen too closely to this episode <laughs> and start with the, the first official rehash. Uh, this episode we're just going to play a bit of a game of 20 questions and we're going to interview each other about what we think about the show so far, pretty much. I just want to mention really quick, too, that we're going to release episodes twice a month as we go through and rehash season one and two but once it starts picking up once the season three starts we're definitely going to do it weekly and you'll have more episodes then too yeah that's right it will be you know like all of our other television podcasts on hyperball where we go week by week when the show's airing but we wanted to do while it's off air once every two weeks which will take us nearly all the way into may and by then we should have a lot of news about season three and be able to do a big theorizing spoilerific season three episode before it starts again which we believe to be next summer so yeah we're going to interview each other um with a little bit about the show and about ourselves we're each gonna you know answer the, the question that's asked first of all karen what else do you do on hyperball besides covering teen wolf well, my main job is actually an editor, so I'm one of the three people who goes through and makes sure that all the posts are up to our hypable standards, um, which is really fun. I'm really, really glad that I'm part of the team and got that job. I really enjoy doing it. I also cover, on top of Teen Wolf, I cover all the Percy Jackson and Rick Riordan news. Let's see. I do write some columns once in a while, and I'm also on another podcast for the show Once Upon a Time called Onceable. I started out on one Hyperbole podcast, which is Glee Chat, 
I'm a, a host on Glee Chat, and through that I started uh, covering some Glee news on Hyperball. I mainly cover Starkid news on Hyperball, and I do the Glee recaps each week on the website. I've also started on the Doctor Who podcast that we've just launched, Who Hype, that's been covering the beginning of Season 7 of Doctor Who. So that's me on Hyperball. So what are your other favourite TV shows besides Teen Wolf? Okay, well, obviously Glee and, and Doctor Who, because I'm on the podcast for them. Um, I also follow actively um, Smash, Downton Abbey, Sherlock, Game of Thrones, um, and then a bunch of American comedies like Happy Endings, Community, Modern Family, Big Bang Theory, New Girl, and I also love Avatar The Last Airbender, so I watched all of Legend of Korra. And what are your TV shows? Oh boy, okay, well... Doctor Who, I just recently got into that. I'm, I'm all caught up in everything, and that's probably my favorite show in the whole world right now. I'm hesitant to say Glee because <laughs> it... <laughs> Look, Glee it fans don't even earn... really like Glee. Like, it's okay. <laughs> it needs to earn itself back into my good graces because season three was not a good season. But I'm really positive about season four, so hopefully it'll it'll come back up there. Mm. I'm still stuck on, like, a lot of the classic TV shows, like Buffy and Charmed and those, like, those are my all-time favorites. I'm powering through Supernatural right now on Netflix, and I'm really enjoying that, too. Gosh, New Girl is a favorite, too. I watch a lot of TV, but all-time favorites would probably be those ones. Oh, yeah, I totally am a huge Buffy fan as well. I mean, it's obviously not on the air, but I'm a, a massive Buffy fan, which will come into play with this show because it is definitely comparable in, in a lot of ways to Buffy for me. Uh, when did you start watching Teen Wolf and like what got you into it? I actually, I saw commercials for it and I thought, okay, well this doesn't look too bad. And it came on uh, right after the VMAs, which were on MTV, obviously. And um, I just kind of stuck around for the pilot and I was kind of impressed and I was like okay I'll give this a shot and I did and each episode just kept getting better and better so I just stuck with it I'm pretty new school as far as Teen Wolf goes because I, I definitely been hearing about it for a long time like I remember last year's VMAs and people talking about it and I was like what <laughs> is this show what I didn't I, and I didn't watch it and I was kind of like aware that it was going on in the background and then this summer or a couple of months before this summer it started sort of to become into my radar more. It just kept coming up. People kept being like, oh, no, Team Wolf's so good, Team Wolf's so good. Uh, not even people I knew, just people like, who liked a lot of things that I liked started referencing it, all of that kind of thing. And, you know, people saying, oh, no, it's my guilty pleasure show, you have to watch it. And then eventually this summer I did, I was like, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it if that many people are talking about it. And I seriously got through the whole two seasons in about like a week and a half or, or less because yeah because it's it's brilliant I think from the outside you know if you are not 100% sure on you know what's going on with it MTV shows in the past have been a bit weak and you know a lot of people are a bit hesitant and I was definitely like that or just a bit you know doubtful of, of what it was going to be but it exceeded my expectations extremely enough to end up making a podcast on it only a couple of months after I started watching it. Yeah, I think a lot of people were really surprised. Like, nobody at first really wants to admit they watch it because it is a bit of a guilty pleasure and it's on MTV and we know what kind of shows MTV usually has. But once you actually start watching it, it's so good and it's it's really worth, you know, yeah. watching all of it. And I think that that's a bit more sort of visible now, like now that a lot of like bigger websites are picking up coverage of it, it is actually becoming quite well known as, as being very high quality and, and progressive, like it's becoming a really popular mainstream cult television show, which is really interesting because definitely when I first started hearing about it, it was like, oh, Teen Wolf, and now it's <laughs> very, becoming very visible. Question number four is, what is your favourite character? There's only one answer to that for every fan of this show, so I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> Karen, would you like to answer that question? Yes, yes. I mean, if if your answer is not Styles, you're wrong, because, I mean, come on, really? Yeah. Styles. Yeah, no, it's Styles. 
I think it's not comparable in exactly the same way, but you know when people ask you who's your favourite character in Harry Potter, it's usually like a minor character because you're not taking Harry into account. Or like when you watch Buffy and you're not taking Buffy into account, but at the end of the day you are really the most invested in this story. And I think with this show, that's Styles. It's not Scott. Like, Styles is everyone's first priority. What about after Styles? Do you have any particular loves after Styles? I would have to say... Mm. I really like, okay, I really like Derek, even though he does make some stupid mistakes sometimes, but I think Lydia wins out just a little bit because I really like the progress she's made as a person since, you know, her first few episodes, Mm. and I really enjoy, you know, her story and everything. Yeah, I, my, my second favorite is Lydia as well, and, um, I do like Derek, I like... I like the coach. I like Danny. I like Giles' dad. I like Scott's mum. I like Allison's dad. I like a lot of people, but yeah, it's it's going to be Styles, then Lydia, then probably by the end of season two, I'm saying Jackson after Lydia. But obviously, he takes a while to get there. Do you have a favorite episode of the show? This is really hard. I remember there was some episode later in season two where when I first watched it I was like I think I actually tweeted out I was like that's how you write a good television show because it was just from beginning to end it was just perfect and of course I can't remember which one that was I have two that I really liked I really liked Party Guest and I liked Fury too mine were the second to last episode um Battlefield where it sort of it starts with that therapy session of styles and then it has the lacrosse game and and everything and then it goes to the end of Gerard disappearing. That one was one of my favorite episodes far and away. It was just from start to finish. I was like very taken aback by the whole thing and 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 every sort of moment of it it had you just had so many moments in it that were just so much growth for everyone and so much tight storytelling uh, with Isaac sort of coming to Scott with Styles playing in the lacrosse game and that therapy session at the beginning after uh, Matt died. Jackson in the lacrosse game as well, like defying, you know, his position as the Canima and sort of fighting Gerard. And then Alison going totally crazy and Chris, her father, ending up stopping her. That whole episode was just like, whoa. So I loved that episode. I also loved the second to last. Again, this is both 11, number 11 of each season. 11 um season one which was formality with which was the winter formal episode where yeah yeah scott snuck in and and styles took lydia and stuff and i really liked that episode as well it's funny because when okay aside from that beginning part of um battlefield where styles is talking which is probably my favorite moment of both seasons Mm -hmm. um i actually hated that episode when it first aired i was like nothing happened it's just getting us from point a to point b to the season finale and i really actually didn't enjoy it at all and then i rewatched it a couple more times and it's better now but yeah i really didn't like it when i first aired i just found it really tight and then like i couldn't not watch the next one but it must have been odd watching it without having the next one to go straight to, if you're watching it in real time on the television. Right. Do you have any favourite lines or quotes from the show? Other than everything that comes out of Styles' mouth, <laughs> um, he's so funny. His lines are so perfect, and he delivers, Dylan O'Brien delivers them perfectly. But the one that always sort of sticks out in my mind is when he says, when he's talking to Scott, and they just saw the Canama enter the club Mm. to go after Danny and he says I'm 147 pounds of pale skin and fragile bones sarcasm is my only defense (laughs) yeah that one's just yeah that's a that's a brilliant one-liner that's I'm (laughs) I remember as well um you know when he's like it always feels like you know you're Batman and I always have to be Robin you know some of the time it feels like I'm Batman and you're Robin and Scott's like no one's Batman and Robin any of the time and he's like not any of the time. Yeah. Um, but also, um, so I also really love, I can't quote it verbatim, but this, the phrasing of the speech when he talks to Lydia and tells her that she's not allowed to die, like that she's not allowed to be the one that 
that dies because that she's better than than everyone else. Maybe a bit more easy to you know reel off than a specific quote. Do you have a favourite like funny moment or scene on the show um, as opposed to just a one-liner? Okay, the part that <laughs> makes me laugh every time I see it is when he's asking. He's in class, and Styles is asking Danny if he finds him attractive, oh. and then he falls off the stool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love. Okay, I have, I have a couple. <laughs> the number one one that goes to my head is when Styles makes Danny hack the phones, and he has Derek there as like yeah. payment. That yes. is like, and he's like. <laughs> You may bet for the other team, Danny boy, but you still play ball, don't you? And Danny's like, you're a horrible person. (laughs) Um, And that whole, and Derek's face, that whole thing was just amazing. And then the other one is also when (laughs) he's trying to tell both Scott and Allison about the bestiary. And they both have the same, like, what reaction? And he's like, what is wrong with you people? Scott and Allison clearly deserve each other, but um, yeah, that that killed me. And oh, that I mean, there's a lot. Also, the, also when they go drinking, when Allison breaks up with him, it's it, Scott in season one, and they're drinking in the forest at the beginning of oh. that episode. That's I forgot about the falling off the stool. Oh, that was so good. Question number eight: favorite emotional moment or scene on the show? Okay, there are a few here that I I retained this pretty. Um, closer and a lot of them were in season two because that you know stuff got really sort of hard in season two but some of mine were um Lydia and Jackson reconciling at Scott's house like just before they found out that Jackson was the canima like when you know he she shows him he she still has her, his house key and he kind of gathers her up and they you know kiss and are crying and stuff and they're kind of like Everyone thinks their relationship is like a sham you know, or a you know popularity thing, but that moment was weirdly the first time I cried on the show. Like when they, you know, when he was like, oh, you know, comforting her there. Um, but then stuff sort of ended up started getting you know worse as the season went on. So like some of the others were Jackson, um, like crying in the police van when he heard Scott and Styles kind of talking about how he has no friends and no one likes him, and. I mean, this was a good emotional moment, but Styles and, like, the mountain ash, like, when he builds the mountain ash wall and is not expecting to to do it, that was kind of, like, a really awesome emotional victory moment. But the worst thing, far and away, in the show for me was Victoria, Alison's mother, killing herself. That was just awful. She was crazy, which is clearly why she thought she had to kill herself rather than, you know, become a werewolf, but... The plotline surrounding that, and I'm sure we'll get into that, but the plotline surrounding that was just so terrible, and it makes the villain, like Gerard as the villain, just so sick. Like it's the he's yeah. one of the worst villains on television because of because of a lot of things, but that is just so sick. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you definitely hit on a lot of good ones. The only other one I would add probably would be the one where Styles is talking to his dad after his dad gets, I don't know, like, let go. He, like, suspended or whatever. And they're talking, and you can tell, like, Styles really has to go because he has to, you know, go save the day or whatever. Mm. But, like, he knows something's wrong with his dad. And he finally tells him, and Styles feels horrible. But his dad is kind of okay with it. And then Styles asks him, why aren't you mad at me? Yeah. his dad's just like, well, because I don't want to feel worse than I already do, and it's just like, ugh, that gets me teary-eyed every time. Yeah, that was that was awful, and uh, it made me remember as well the bit in Party Guest when he's hallucinating his father, like, everyone's hallucinating, and he, Styles sort of imagines his father coming in drunk and verbally abusing him about being a terrible kid and, and stuff, that was also pretty rough, as was yeah. the as was the therapy session at the beginning of battlefield that we mentioned before that was also like intense (laughs) okay so on to something slightly less tragic um (laughs) yeah who do you ship in the show either canon or non-canon okay canon as in potentially could be together i'm gonna go with styles and lydia i think that 
I, I mean, I'm okay with Lydia and Jackson, especially come the end of season two. Like, it wouldn't be that bad. And you kind of do see, like you said, that they have a deeper relationship than most people would really think they do. They actually do love each other. Mm-hmm. But I just, I want Styles to win at something, you know, and I want him to be with the girl of his dreams. And I think that Styles really makes Lydia a better person, and she needs that. Non-canon. I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of flack for this or not, but yes, I am a steric shipper. I think that it's hilarious and funny. Do I actually think it's going to happen? Probably not, but I love it anyway. What about you? Sometimes I can't, like the Styles and Lydia and Styles and Jackson thing is really difficult for me because I really, it's really hard to kind of say, yeah, this is what I want when you kind of do believe both relationships equally, like that that Jackson really does love her and Styles really does love her and that they're equally, I mean, not equally good people, but Jackson has a massive redemption and Styles has, you know, loved her forever. I think Styles is a great friend to her and I do want him to be with her, so I'd kind of like I'd kind of like them to kind of work something out. Sometimes I'm like, they should just be like some sort of three way dating relationship, Jack and Styles <laughs> and Lydia. I think that would be the only satisfaction I would get from that. I don't not back Steric. I don't ship it as strongly as some other people do because I don't I haven't gone back and like re watched for every single moment of their interactions but I I think that it I think that if it was going to happen in any show it would be this show like if if they were going to say oh that's a popular pairing and we could you know make it a plot I think that if it was going to happen in a show it would be this one I also could get behind like Scott and Isaac as a ship because that I feel like that has a weird dynamic going on now as well Canon, I don't ship it, but I want to. I want flashbacks or to know more about Kate and Derek. Not that that was oh, ever yeah, going to be good, be but I'd like to see what that was like. Or Danny and Scott. I, I think that if I think I would like a Danny and Scott plotline, not because I think Scott <laughs> deserves someone as magical as Danny, but because there's so much weird, re- like funny references to it. All right, question number ten: Who is the best bad guy? Which bad guy do you like the most? I like reincarnated Peter Hale. He is the funniest human being on the planet. He is so hysterical and I can't even handle it. I I don't know, that's not a very good answer because it's not like, I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh yeah, that villain is so cool. He has such cool villain powers. I love that. I I just like villains for their personality and Peter in season two is just so good. So funny. Yes, you actually took the words right out of my mouth because I I put down resurrected Peter because he's so much better than he was to begin with, right? Yeah, I mean, in season one, he's just kind of like nothing. He's just kind of like, first he's like in a coma and then he he just stalks around saying, you know, harsh things. But when he's resurrected, I mean, it does kind of remind me of Spike with the chip in Buffy. Like, he kind of just, we don't know what his deal is, really. He's just, he's become resurrected, but he's not seeking power as far as we know he just he did all this stuff in order to become alive again but he's not doing anything now that he's alive he's just lurking around apparently helping Derek and being hysterically funny so at the moment it's Peter the part where they're looking at the computer with the canema when it sprouts wings <laughs> I love that part yeah that there was an amazing one-liner as far as quotes go as well um when he pulls the laptop out of the stairs and he, he and Derek says something and he's like, you idiot. Like, that that scene was also hysterically good. So I hope that we have more crazy, non-harmful Peter in the background next season. If you had a pet peeve about the show, what would it be? I would definitely have to go with the CGI. That really bothers me because it's so... I mean, sometimes it's okay and other times, like when the snake comes out of Jackson's eye. Mm. I just cringe, because I I just, I really don't like it. It's not great, is it? Not really. You know, I guess they have quite a low budget, and that's why people go on about all the product placement as well. Like, I know fandom has kind of, not so much a pet peeve, but like a, a joking kind of meme about the amount of product placement in Teen Wolf, and I'm assuming that's, you know, for funding purposes. I don't tend to notice bad CGI that much, um, unless it's 
really, really bad. Like, you know, someone literally, you know, photoshopped onto a scene that they're not really in or something. With fantasy shows, it doesn't tend to take me out of it too much, so that's not the worst thing about it, but I've definitely noticed it. I'm a little confused about some of the inconsistencies with the transformations at, at some point. Oh yeah, that confuses me too. I don't know why, I mean, I'm sure it'll be explained, but I don't know why Laura Hale was an alpha and she morphed into a normal wolf, and when Peter was an alpha, he morphed into a giant monster, and when Derek's an alpha, he just doesn't really do anything. He, um, like, gets some red eyes and some teeth. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't really understand that. Also, I find it really difficult to believe that a rave in a small town of California in a warehouse would have tickets that cost $75 to get in. Um, <laughs> in the raving episode, I find that it's such a stupid inconsistency, but I was just like, $75? Really? $75 for this. I'm finding this very hard to believe. But yeah, I mean, it's no glee. Like, as far as pet peeves go, it's it's very consistent. Right. It's very... It's not like, oh, you've got these characters and their characters have been, you know, backpedaled or, like, you know, they've missed a massive bit of canon or have forgotten something about that's been established before. Everything here is consistent and solid, and, and so there's not too much to pet peeve over. Next question is... What's the weirdest moment on the show for you? Okay. It's when they go bowling and Allison's like, picture me naked so you can win. Because that <laughs> was like, I was just like, okay, that's fine, I guess. I mean, yes, it's a show about teenagers and it's, you know, it's not a show about teenagers directed at children. It's a show about teenagers directed at adults and kids in high school do have sex and hormones and stuff. But I don't think that I've ever met a girl that would say that while bowling. It was just, I was literally like, oh, okay. It was, it really, I didn't get over it for a while. I was just like, oh, that just <laughs> happened. Okay. Which is fine. I mean, it's, Alison is a bit of a, a conundrum in, you know, or, you know, potentially just a new type of female character in that she's very, in some moments, shy and she's not super... She's not Erica, you know, like, she's not a kind of vampy kind of, I am flaunting my sexuality and it makes me powerful, but she's very quietly confident about that kind of thing, and, and they don't hide that, which is a good thing, but it really wigged me out when she said that, <laughs> especially since she hadn't known him that long. Right, yeah, I would, my moment's probably the same as yours then, because it was really awkward and strange and, like, you wouldn't think that she would say something like that because she has been so quiet and, and stuff up until then. But yeah, that was kind of a strange thing to have her do. <laughs> so who's your least favorite character who's not an outright bad guy? Because if your least favorite character in general on the whole show isn't Gerard, then you're wrong. <laughs> um, least favorite character who's not an outright bad guy... I would have to say, I mean, it's kind of irrelevant now, but for a while it was definitely Allison's mom because she was so horrible and so, like... I mean, you would kind of think that Allison's dad would be more protective. And, I mean, he is, but her mom was just, like... Crazy. A step into crazy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, she really was. I really did not like her. But then again, I will have to say that when she died, I felt really bad, and I was really sad about it because I was sad that it happened that way. So I guess that's sort of a good thing, and that, that episode in general sort of redeemed her in my eyes because of she was trying to talk to Allison, and Allison wouldn't listen to her, and I did feel bad. But yeah, in general, I, I think I probably liked her the least. I mean, you know, obviously Victoria Argent and Kate Argent were both not bad guys. I mean, they are, I guess, on the team that you're not meant to be rooting for. But, yeah, they were both very crazy. Kate was mentally unhinged. I really dislike the um, chemistry teacher. And I really don't like Erica very much. And I feel like that she might get better or that she was getting there towards the end of season two, and we don't know, but we don't know what's going to happen to her now, I guess. But when she got the bite, her... I mean, all of them did. Her, Boyd, and Isaac. I 
hate arrogance. It, I hate that type of arrogance. I hate that type of behaviour when she kind of... I understand that, you know, she'd never had much of anything before and now that she had it, she was going to be this sort of bitch about it. But the way that she went after Alison all the time and was like, I'm going to steal your boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't really know why Alison wants to go out with Scott sometimes either, but I was really... This girl needs to calm down and I did not like much of her behaviour. Matt, though I'd call him a, an outright bad guy, Matt was... A psychopath, not a fan. But of the people that we're meant to like, I do not really like Erica. Okay, what actor from another one of your favorite shows would you like to see guest star on Teen Wolf? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I know a lot, a lot of people from Game of Thrones would probably make interesting additions in that they're used to sort of having funny costumes and that all be a bit sci-fi fantasy. Though I'm not sure how many of them would fit in as far as the whole British thing goes. I'll just say Darren Chris because I think he deserves to be on a better show than Lee. <laughs> Most of my friends who I got into Teen Wolf with, a big group of my friends, we all got into Teen Wolf pretty much at the same time, and we all know each other via Glee. Well, more through Starkid, but through sort of Darren and Glee. And we have been, like, talking about how much... Not so much how Darren would be as a guest on Teen Wolf, but we were thinking about how Blaine would cope at Beacon Hills and how Styles would <laughs> cope at McKinley. Like, how Styles would see the people's behaviour at McKinley and be like, get me back to the crazy werewolf place because these people, right. I, don't, I don't even want to be a part of this. And so, <laughs> so we've had sort of fun imagining that. So that that would probably be the thing that I would most like. Though I think that Darren is a very good actor when he's playing sort of mature and, and somewhat aggressive roles, which you obviously haven't seen on Glee, but has been in his arsenal a little bit as far as some sh shorts that he's done. And so I'd like to see him do, like, a you know, if he was going to do a really different kind of role to what he has on Glee and be on a TV show, I'd like to see him as not a villain, but, like, you know, one of the alpha pack or something, like an aggressive kind of adult, hairy kind of charming or smarmy or arrogant kind of powerful guy. Yeah, that would be interesting. For me, let's see. I have a lot of trouble. A lot of the shows I watch, I watch, like, Supernatural and Vampire Diaries and all mm. that. I would have trouble not picturing them as their character on yeah. this show. The shows are so similar. So I don't think I'd like to see anybody from there to do another Buffy throwback. I'd like to see somebody from that show come on here. I just watched an episode of Supernatural where uh, James Marsters and... Who plays Cordy? Um, Charisma Carpenter, yeah. Yeah. They were on together. They played a pair of witches, mm. and that was really cool, and it was nice seeing them together again, you know, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably like a little Buffy throwback in there. That would be interesting, and I actually, has that has made me kind of think about my answer in that I wouldn't mind seeing Seth Green on it, because I think that, oh, not, yeah. not as like an obvious werewolf reference, but I think that he had, would have a lot of fun with it, and he would have a lot of time for it, and it would just be a really cool kind of subtle thing. Though he's obviously not on, on one of my current shows, but I would really think that they could make that work in some way. Right, and his personality and a lot of the roles that he's played over the years and stuff would fit really well. In yeah. Like, not even just the werewolf thing, but he's very funny, and, you know, I think that would yeah. be really Yeah, he would fit the dynamic of the cast and the writing very, very well. What new monster would you like to see in an episode of Teen Wolf? Okay, I'm going to lead this by saying... I don't want to see vampires, and I don't want to see witches, because I feel like if we see those, it's going to be just like the Vampire Diaries, and I really want this show to stay very unique. As far as what new monster, I'm honestly not really sure, but I want something new and different. Like, I'd never heard of the Canima before or anything. I didn't know any lore about it or anything like that. So something else like that that's very, like, unknown, I think would be really cool and mysterious. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't want this to be a show where, like, all supernatural things exist. It seems to be more of just, there's just werewolves. So I do wonder if the vet and his lady friend, the psychologist, are witches of some sort, or if they're just researchers that know the deal. Because, the, you know, the mountain ash stuff was a bit witchy, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see... If they do only keep it to sort of werewolves are the only supernatural thing and when it goes a bit wrong, it's a canima. It does sort of limit where you can go as far as antagonists go unless the antagonists are always going to be like other werewolves or, or hunters. But 
I wouldn't mind, like, the threat of... Not a monster, but, like, the threat of it being exposed to the wider public and there being, like, a, a panic or a, you know, a kind of a racism or an epidemic about werewolves the same way that people are about mutants in X-Men. Like, the normal people know about the oh. mutants. And it's even, like, a... I don't know if you could do, like, an alternate world for an episode. You know, Buffy's done it a few times. They've managed to do episodes where it's like an alternate world and then it goes back to normal for scott to see a world where like where maybe he thinks oh it's not a big deal like maybe we should just accept this in society and then he like sees a world where it was like that and it's really bad and like panics and stuff people as a mob can be one of the craziest things ever so that's what i'd kind of be interested in that's really interesting i like that idea okay next question why do you think coach is always mad at greenberg I don't know. I feel like that maybe he's known Greenberg since Greenberg was a small child, like it's the son of a family friend or something, or it's his nephew, and he, his whole life found him incredibly incompetent, and it's like, I don't want to deal with this kid. Um, <laughs> I do like that you never see him, and I think it's a hysterical, like, ongoing joke. Right. I think it's so funny. How about you? I think maybe he, like, interrupted his Independence Day speech one year or something, and, like, Coach has never forgiven him. <laughs> Oh, Independence yeah. Day speech, that was brilliant, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> that, that was another amazing moment. This show is so ridiculous. Oh, Yeah, I, I would like to know more about Greenberg. I would like to have an episode, much like the Andrew Storyteller episode in Buffy, from the perspective of Greenberg, oh. in which we are learning why he is such a pariah, and, um, <laughs> and why he's still allowed on the team if he's that hated. Okay, so do you have any headcanon or predictions about the characters? And this is a trick question, because I know you do. <laughs> so basically Jackson, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other things <laughs> okay. that I think as well, but yeah, that's the main right. one. My thing about Jackson is, and I know that this isn't, like, brilliant or insightful, because this is going around all over the internet and stuff, but, I mean, Jackson had blue eyes when he turned into a werewolf, and when Derek was not an alpha, he had blue eyes as well, so that makes me think that Jackson was a werewolf to begin with. The interesting thing about that is, well, one, is he a hale? Which I would like to see that, but he wouldn't necessarily be because there's got to be other werewolf families out there. But, you know, who are his parents, all that kind of stuff, we really don't know a whole lot other than, but I'm like, pretty sure that he was a werewolf. Yeah, I'm 100% sure that he's a hereditary werewolf, not a bitten werewolf, but it does come into the question, why was he not always able to transform? Why did he need the bite to... Why did he turn into the canima? Like, was it that something in him was blocking the ability to be a werewolf and then he needed to be activated? Uh, like, if you need the bite to be activated and you're hereditary and you need the bite to become a werewolf and you're not hereditary, then what's the difference? I'm sure that they'll explain it because I'm sure this is a major plot point of season three. My headcanon, I think... I'm thinking a lot about the vet. I, and, I mean, I'm, I feel like that he was... He knows a lot, and I feel like that there might either be some sort of, like, werewolf-style watcher council, you know, like, where he was someone who either knew someone that was a werewolf and, and, you know, was a very protective and became part of their life. Like, he was to another wolf what Styles is to Scott, in that he was kind oh. of like the Willow or the, you know, the Giles and was kind of knew a lot about it and, and you know, knew about helping and became, a, like, a mentor to, to werewolves, or that he was a hunter or, or knew the hunters and left them because he didn't believe what they were doing was right. Perhaps he fell in love with a werewolf while he was a hunter or he had a friend that was a werewolf and he was like, no, just because they got bitten doesn't make them like a bad person. He left that fold. But I definitely think that he and the um, psychologist lady clearly know something and they know each other and we'll have to wait and see. What do you most hope to see in season three? Okay, things I, I would like. I want Scott to suck it up and be part of Derek's pack. I do not think... I don't think that Scott's an Omega. I mean, I don't think you can just make yourself an Omega just, like, by refusing to be in a pack. I think that there must be something more to it than that, like you get shunned or broken away from a pack. You can't just say, I'm going to be one. He's not an alpha, and I don't think he's going to be an alpha because I don't want it to be a Scott versus Derek story. Like, I don't see who gains there. And I don't think Derek is a particularly good alpha, but the fact of the matter is he is one and he could, you know, learn it and grow. And we're obviously going to have to have him being defended or facing off against this alpha pack of season three. 
So I would like that Scott to stop being a special snowflake and thinking that he's above everyone <laughs> else or or whatever it is that he thinks, and to sort of accept Derek and at least try to help him and be part of his circle. I'd also like to see Styles have a really satisfying relationship with a female, and I don't necessarily mean romantically. It could be romantically, but I think that because he doesn't have a mother, he's sometimes very lost and kind of looking for affection or attention that could be romantic but could also not be, and I would like to see him have either a relationship with, a close relationship with Scott's mum, or a relationship with the counsellor, maybe if, you know, they both find out that each other knows about werewolves, they could be like a a Willow Giles style relationship, like a very close (laughs) friendship of, you know, research nerditude, like a, you know, big sister kind of thing, or I would like him and Lydia to become legitimately good friends if they're not together like the kind of friends like they would like hang out or cuddle or whatever and just be like legitimately very good close friends those are the main things i can't really think and i would like derek to realize this, that he's sort of insane because he's, <laughs> he's he's really biting teenagers who don't really know their own minds yet is probably not the best plan in the world for making yourself friends it's like you should probably go and find some friends your own age and see how you cope with that because he's trying to build himself a little family and while I do get that he is a damaged, lonely little puppy, it's very, very stupid because he's messing with kids that don't really know, you know, asking them to make choices that when they don't really know their full minds yet and they're clearly, you know, having some regrets. So I'd like to see him sort of man up a bit. For me, let's see... I would like, I think Scott is eventually going to become an alpha, whether we like it or not. I don't really like the idea either, but I think, you know, as the show goes on, it's definitely leading in that direction. If that does happen, I would like to see Isaac and Jackson be in his pack. I don't necessarily know if, I mean, at this point in time, I don't think Derek's going to give up his alpha status anytime soon. But I would like to see Derek and Scott start working together because I think Derek has all this information. He knows how to be a werewolf and he needs to teach that to Scott. But Scott also makes Derek a better person and kind of reels him in a little bit. And Mm. I think that they work really well together and I'd really like to see that in season three. I mean, maybe they could become like a family pack that has two alphas. If Scott does become an alpha, I'd be interested to see if that'd be just because he killed another alpha. If we're having a whole alpha pack and the chances are that he fights them and he kills one of them, it, you know, if everyone in the pack is an alpha, does that mean everyone you know who kills one becomes an alpha? Um, oh. Or is, so that could be a very easy way. You know, it's it's not like he's going to kill Derek. There's a multitude of alphas he could kill to become an alpha. And then if he grows a pack, does the pack not have to be people that you've bitten? Like, is it not a sire that's they've had kind of a bloodline or you know a werewolf saliva line or whatever? That's, <laughs> Can you just choose to be in whatever pack that you want? That I kind of don't understand. But I'd be interested to see Scott's reaction if he accidentally makes someone werewolf. If he becomes an alpha and he turns someone. Right. I don't think he'd do it on purpose, but... Yeah, me neither. I'm really interested in where Jackson's going to go because I feel like he has all this resentment towards Scott and everything, but if he, like, accidentally or somehow fate, you know, intervenes or whatever, and he just kind of happens to be in Scott's pack against his will, that Mm. could make for, like, a really interesting plot line, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, Jackson's story is definitely something I do want to see excessively, and I really don't want him... I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be, like, a happy, sunshine person, but there is good in him, and I would like to see what's going to become of him now that he's apparently, like, pure enough of heart to not be a cannibal anymore and to be a werewolf. So, yeah, we're about to round up here. We're up to question 19. Why, at the end of the day, why do you like Teen Wolf? What makes it work for you? Without sounding like a broken record, (laughs) it's definitely Styles is right up there because I think he adds something to the show that's absolutely necessary. I mean, everybody... You know, we've got six main characters... 
Three of them at this point are werewolves. One's a hunter, and okay, she's human, but she's sort of got all these, like, not powers as in magical powers, but she's a very skilled hunter. And Lydia is sort of this freak of nature, immune, something's in her blood type person. Mm. But Styles is so human that you can't help but connect with him. And I think that's what really sort of helps you connect to the show in general. But the show is just really witty, very intelligent, very, very funny. And we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but very progressive. I love the idea of this universe where there's really no homophobia or racism or, you know, it's just non-existent. It's not even an issue. I just, I really like the idea of that. It's very refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that you said as far as my answer goes. It's definitely, I find it very emotional, very funny, very raw. It has every aspect to me that Buffy had in the sense that it's got really, really, really funny bits and it's got emotional bits, but it's not like Glee where there's an emotional episode or a funny episode. It's just all there. It just has all the qualities of good storytelling without being a comedy or a drama. I think that sci-fi shows often have that because they're not a comedy show or a drama show. They're telling something else. They're telling some other kind of story. They have capacity to have every aspect of human life in there. That's why Star Trek was lauded as such a great show when it came out because it showed the best of humanity when the plotline was about something completely unrealistic. It it opens the world up to be showing how people act, how people feel when faced with extreme versions of the world's problems. It is so progressive as far as the the way that the universe acts. I mean, we, we obviously have the hunter's prejudice against the werewolves, but the world that was created is definitely one that is just not meant to have any, like what you mentioned, racism, homophobia, prejudice in it. It is not even like people do it and they tell you off for it. It is a different world where that attitude doesn't exist. And I've never seen a show like that. It's a better way of handling things than shows that say, oh, this is an issue, that's wrong, don't do that. Having kids or MTV teens watch that and just see that people don't act that way. I mean, it's literally creating something where they don't pick it up. In other shows, they might see teasing or they might see something and pick it up from there. And this is somewhere where it literally doesn't happen. And it's just setting a good example while having the best of all kind of storytelling. You know, the best of all kind of characters. And it's raw. It doesn't hold back from showing you really bad stuff, emotional stuff like the violence or Victoria's suicide. And it doesn't hold back from showing the sexual activities of teenagers which is pretty accurate you know as far as Lydia and Jackson goes and like hearing about Scott and Allison in too much detail nothing is really sugar-coated it, it's really realistic for a show that's about werewolves it's really real last question if you were offered the bite would you take it mm, I don't think so I don't think I would I mean it's very difficult it's a very difficult question to think about but I honestly do not think that I, I would take it and I can't okay. I couldn't even tell you why it's just I, I just don't think I'd want the drama and also I'm vegetarian <laughs> I but literally yeah I mean I, while I would like the you know improvements as far as physical abilities go and, and all of that kind of thing I really don't think that I'd want the drama how about you? Fair enough. I I would take it, and it's not for, you know, the superficial reasons that you think, which would be awesome, not going to lie, but this is what I'm thinking. If you're offered the bite, then you obviously know about werewolves, you know that they exist, you know that they're out there, and just like Styles near, I think it was the end of the second season, he was very upset that he knew about all this and he couldn't do anything about it, and I think... If I were to know that all of this stuff exists, that werewolves were out there, that there were bad guys coming, Mm. to sit home and not be able to do anything about it would drive me crazy. So even though it comes with a lot of responsibility, I think I would take that just in order to help and do something about what was going on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that makes me think of Buffy as well, where pretty much everyone around her starts out as they know about things, but they aren't able to get involved. But everyone sort of ends up being able to be involved in their own way. Like Xander develops a lot of skills. Willow develops into a very powerful witch, which I always had a lot of questions about in the sense that did you have to have magical ability in you in the first place? Or could you just start to learn spells and do magic? Because it seems like you could just start to learn spells and do magic, which I would do if I was in that position. But I don't know about the werewolf thing. 
I do hope that Styles gets something in his arsenal, though. Like whether it's becoming a supernatural being or just having some something that makes him feel less helpless, I would really like that. Yeah, I don't want him to turn into a werewolf. No, I don't um, think he will. Probably, yeah, I don't think so either. I probably wouldn't want him to have any supernatural abilities, but I agree, he needs something where he's an important part of the team, and he kind of does that with his research, but. Yeah, he needs a little something extra so he doesn't feel so helpless. Yeah, I mean, I think that he is the most important part of the show and the team, and I think that he is the far and away the most logical, but I think that he needs to be... I think he needs to have something that makes him feel like that, even if it's just, you know, even if it's Derek saying, Scott, Styles is smarter than you, listen to him, he makes the <laughs> if you know what I mean, like, you know. Yeah. Because all of the times when he is like, this is what you should do, and Scott's like, no, I'm going to do this, it's so stupid because Scott is never right ever and it's so stupid but yeah so we'll, we'll have to wait and see but I would definitely like him to have something that makes him feel a bit more powerful which is why I really love the Mountain Ash moment when he, he had to believe and it showed that he did believe in creating the Mountain Ash barrier and then it worked so I really liked that and I wonder if that's a hint of something more like I know you said you didn't want witches but maybe Styles will end up being a witch of some sort. Okay we're going to to wrap up the episode with a little bit of news. The first one, I'm actually interested to get your take on this, Natalie. Mm-hmm. The first one's the Teen Wolf interview with Ian Bowen and Stephen Lunsford, mm. where they play Peter and Matt, if you're unfamiliar with their names. Stephen says, while the interviewer asks Matt, or sorry, Stephen, who plays Matt, you're here, which means what's going on with Matt? And he replies, uh, I can't say anything. I can only give winks and nods. That's all I'm gonna say. If MTV is still putting me to work, I mean... And then he kind of just trails off. And so what's sort of brought up here is that, is Matt gonna return? I mean, they make a joke about the whole thing, and then he's gonna come back as a zombie and something. But the point still stands is that Steven's there, and, you know, they don't know what's going on in season three yet. So what do you think? I never... I did not imagine... I know that... Stephen Lunsford is still very active in the fandom and is still very interactive with the rest of the cast. Uh, and I mean, it may have been that he was invited to this MTV event because he was, you know, a part of the successful former season of Teen Wolf. But it does make me suspect that he's coming back. But then again, I never imagined how Mac come back and we've already had one guy come back from the dead so I'm very curious that would be very very strange to me it could be that someone starts having hallucinations again maybe either Lydia or you know someone who was traumatized by the events but Jackson maybe yeah but I did not or Allison even like she could start having like rape dreams or something you know after she found out all the stuff about Matt but I did not imagine him coming back at all so that's that's quite interesting yeah I I don't think I'd really want him to come back even though I really enjoyed his character and I think that has more to do with Stephen Lunsford than the actual character like his acting was just incredible Mm. and I really like watching Matt in Fury go crazy and stuff. So, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, bring him back because I want to see him on my TV more often. But at the same time, you're right. We already got Peter back and... To keep doing that, I I don't think that would be a good thing for the show. The next article is that Teen Wolf Season 3 is casting werewolf twins. There's an open call for werewolf t- twins right now. And their names are... Ethan and Aiden. Yes, Ethan and Aiden. They're both young, attractive, and described as utterly menacing and dangerous charmers. Ethan will be the smart one. He'll use his intelligence for devious calculation. And Aiden is the simple brute force of the duo. What do you think about these characters? Um, I presume this is meant to be part of the alpha pack. And I mean, it sounds, it, it, often, yeah. it sounds like a quite a, you know, a typical dynamic between two brothers, like the smart one and the beefy one kind of thing. But I will be interested to see how that goes down and if they're the leaders of the alpha pack, if they're the, as, as I'm going to be calling them, the alfalfas. <laughs> the, yeah, if there ends up being a leader of the alpha pack, by the way, I will never call him or her anything but the alfalfa because I just can't (laughs) even handle it but yeah I'm be curious to see everything to do with the alpha pack really and how the dynamics work if it is a bunch of alphas you know if you know we know that being in a pack makes you stronger so does being in a pack of alphas make you 
super strong or is it just people arguing all the time? So that's my main question here. Yeah, I'm interested too because I think what this show does pretty well is to sort of take stereotypes and flip them on their heads. So yeah, that's to true. see the one brute force and then the one smart one, I think it's going to be a lot more interesting than that. I also heard a rumor floating around and I didn't report on it because there's really no absolute proof, but I think it was Ethan, maybe. One of the twins is going to apparently set his eyes on one of the girls, maybe Allison, maybe Lydia, or, you know, Erica, if she's still around or something. But he won't hesitate to kill her when the time comes to that, is what the article said. So that could be an interesting thing. The last article we're going to talk about is the Season 3, Episode 1, title was revealed by Ian Bowen, who plays Peter. He took a picture of the script, the title page of the script, and we now know that the first episode is titled Tattoo. And this is really interesting because back in August... Tyler Posey and Colton Haynes did an interview with THR where Tyler talked about his new tattoo and he said that they were talking about being in the makeup chair and how it's going to be longer now that he has all his tattoos but Tyler said that maybe Jeff Davis would write it into the show and it kind of looks like that's where this is going and Colton was asking so it's like a werewolf mark and are the other werewolves going to have to get a mark too and even though Tyler didn't know it kind of brings up an interesting thing and it sounds like they're going to have a whole episode based around okay, this too. thing, so I'll be interested to see where they go with it. It could be that. Yeah, um, I mean, that reminds me of, in again, back to Buffy, James Masters' eyebrow scar and how instead of covering up with makeup, they made it part of the character Spike. Uh, so that should be interesting. I mean, I know Derek already has a tattoo. Um, he has one on his back. Oh, no, on his back. On his back, that's right. Yeah, and then it could, the thing that I thought instantly was maybe it's to do with the Alpha Pack and they don't know who they are but they sort of start spotting different people around town that have the same mark like the same tattoo and it's kind of something that sort of they start to pick up on and you know or something that appears on on all of the werewolves when the alphas come come near them so it should be interesting you know it's very curious that the teen wolf titles are you know do have these strong one word kind of not giving too much away but often very very closely linked with the episode once you've seen what happens in it so right can't wait for that one but we have to wait a very long time (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true okay so i think that's about all we had for today we you know we went through our questions obviously we've talked a bit about what we've had the past two seasons and what we'd like to see from the next episode onward we're going to go every two weeks so two weeks after this we're going to take one episode of a podcast to rehash two episodes of the show in chronological order and it's not going to be a blow by blow like we would with a new episode because we've got to fit two episodes into each show but we're going to go through and kind of just recount how we felt about the episode and what we found funny and and what the deal was basically and what kind of questions it brought up so if there's anything that that people want to know or a direction that they'd like those recap episodes of the episodes that have already aired to to take please let us know what are you thinking about that for the moment karen like what are you most looking forward to to doing with the recapping the episodes we've already seen just i mean obviously i've seen gosh i've seen the first season three times i think and the second season twice already but it's funny because I'm still really into the episodes when I rewatch it. So even though I've seen it a bunch of times, I'm really excited to watch them again. I love just picking out the funny lines and talking about those and and that sort of thing. And I mean, knowing what's coming is a little bit of a downer because nothing's really a surprise anymore. But I think it'll be really interesting to go back and catch. You always catch things that you didn't notice the first time around or the second time around. So it'll be nice to kind of pick up on those details once you're not focused too much on the actual plot and trying to find out what happened. Yeah, and I mean we are definitely going to obviously see stuff that was foreshadowing or all of that kind of thing, so while we do appreciate that there may be new watchers who are going along with this who have not seen the episodes, perhaps try and get a few episodes ahead of us uh, in, in, the, in that two-week time period because we will probably be talking about the foreshadowing that comes up that we might not have noticed through a first watch. 
we'll try not to outright spoil, oh, that's what ended up happening there, but there may be obviously things that come up that are putting the pieces together. So it will be a bit of that and a bit of sort of quoting and a bit of nitpicking. It'll all be very, very fun, we hope. And so, yeah, we would hope that you would come and listen with us or if you want to just start listening when we start season three, that's that's fine too, but who doesn't want to rewatch season one and two? I've only seen it once. I've seen a couple of episodes twice, but I've only seen it once, so I definitely will not have remembered everything, and I'll definitely be going, oh my god, about three times an episode. <laughs> so that should be fun. So that kind of wraps up everything for our first episode. Yeah, if you want to tweet us or tumble us, that would be awesome. We're going to probably put the episode up on our Twitter and Tumblr once it's been posted on Hyperball. So if you want to spread that around, that would be awesome because we do want the fandom to come over to Hyperball and check out what we're doing with Teen Wolf. So for now, I will say bye-bye. I'm Natalie. And I'm Karen. And we'll see you soon, I guess. Bye. Bye. All right. This is a big question. Who do you ship? Either canon or non-canon. You've missed a question. What? Number eight. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> <Hard for it. laughs>